right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 214, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Go visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at Anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at JakeSaw01. And as always, you can write the show at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. And you can watch the show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to that. And for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support the show at a $1 level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash awesome to become a $1 patron, get a free die-cut vinyl sticker, and a shout-out on our show. And I just want to also add that we do appreciate our patrons, and I think you guys are holding us accountable, even if you don't mean to. The fact that we have people donating a dollar a month to our show just kind of ensures that the wheels keep rolling forward. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll gladly take any anybody else's money if you want to do that. Uh, but yeah, with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. I'm a little sluggish this morning, yeah. but I'm waking up. I got a little bit of coffee, had some breakfast. I'm ready to go. I wanted to get this kind of out of the way so I could relax the rest of the day, but um, that doesn't mean I won't try to bring it on the show oh, i'm bringing it today buddy i'm whew, i am jazzed i well it's funny because we were we played a gig last night and you were like yo dude if we're gonna do the podcast and the first thing i'll say is there's no if anymore when we do the podcast but uh i just meant if we were gonna get it out this weekend <laughs> right because we have been delayed in the past but i will say you were like yeah let's just do you know we're gonna do it in the morning and you're like but just not as early as last time so I fucking I was up at six thirty just naturally, you know, and I did all the notes then. I was thankful that they got done early, and then, uh, you know, time. What did you sleep like five hours? Probably, yeah. I don't know. I stopped. I went to sheets after the show, and I got myself. I do say that when as you get older, you don't need to sleep as much. I'm fucking old as shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> old as dirt, 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 dirt. But no, I just thought it was funny because uh, I would, I texted you once, and then. Uh, I didn't get anything back. And then how my mind works, I'm like, oh, man, what if they got in an accident or something last night? And I'm like, I haven't heard from Jake. It's weird. It's like 1030. And he said he wanted to do it in the morning. So I'm like, all right. I think, like, I sent another message. And then you're like, dude, I'm just getting out of bed. It was like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, what the fuck happened yeah. to him? Like, <laughs> I, I never get you, up that late. I didn't think you drank that much at the show. Um, no, I'm not. That's the thing is, is because Sarah was asking me about that, too. Like, I'm not hung over at all. Like, I, I had four beers over the course of four hours and then after we left there it was probably three and a half hours before we went to bed yeah so it was like at that point I, it was all out of my system and i was drinking water the whole time i think it was just that like combination of two weeks straight traveling with work i've been playing a bunch of hockey we did that show last night yeah so like i was out late friday night because of hockey after traveling all week and then last night we were out late because of playing a show i think i'm just tired yeah just 
exhausted. No, physically. that makes sense. And the place we played last night, we've talked about it before on the show, but it uh, it'll suck the soul out of you when you play music <laughs> there. So it makes you extra tired. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited because, well, first off, I've been, I, I mentioned this to you at the concert, Cursed City, I talked about it on the show briefly. The miniatures need to be assembled for this game. No glue required. They're snap fit. Some of these miniatures that I'm putting together, I don't know what kind of genius it takes to figure out how to create these pieces that fit together. I mean, the miniatures are no bigger than the size of my thumb or your thumb or whatever. But there's like three or four little pieces you have to clip off with hobby shears and I'm looking and I'm like I don't know how this is going to turn into a figure and then I follow the diagram and I start snapping it together and by the time I'm done it looks awesome and I'm just like I like the pieces are like okay your back left leg and a weapon coming off of it and then another piece is like just like part of like the torso and then a the third piece is like you know I don't know part of your arm connected to like your neck and the fourth piece is like this little mini head. And when you put it all together, it wraps around and it comes through and it goes. I guess they do it that way. It's kind of annoying. And I don't know if it's part of like the fun that like some of these board gamers like to do. It's not fun for me to sit there and assemble all the stuff and clip all the shit because my time is so limited. But... When they're assembled, I feel like a little bit of like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. Put that together. We're good. On to the next. But I don't really like to set aside time to do it. But what's interesting is I'm just trying to think about the logical reason why they don't just come packaged. Number one, it takes up less space to just put them on sprues like an old like model car kit or something, right? And you have all these little pieces on sprues and just make them fucking put it together. Make the make the buyer put it together. And then we'll sell it as like a fun thing, like a Lego project or something. But then like it has to be it has to be cheaper for them to mold it that way. I don't like, know. Because like you a gotta tray. pay a designer to design that stuff like so that it can be pulled apart. And you'd think it'd be easier to do a three D design that didn't have to break apart in a way that could be put on sprues. I mean like it's ridiculous. But it could be that it could be that the packaging is cheaper if you make it like that because you can put everything in a smaller box. You don't have to have like these specialized trays right. to hold the miniatures and all this stuff. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. literally just pulling. And, shit then, out and of my then they're butt, not solid, right? Because they're the the pieces aren't solid, so you're saving plastic, I guess, in that regard. So yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems to me like from from a very non three dimensional brain when it comes to art, like I can't even fathom making these miniatures the way they make them like i would love to see the process like do they make them and then do they cut them apart and figure out how they're gonna like piece them together and put them on the sprues or do they just like oh yeah i'm gonna design like the leg connected to an elbow and then we're gonna work around that and make the next piece surely they're all designed as one piece and then someone figure out figures out like how to cut them i'm sure i don't know it's just so wild so on top of that Jake, I have talked at length on the show. For longtime listeners, you guys know there's a book series by Joe Deaver, and it's called Lone Wolf. It keeps mm-hmm. coming up, and they had a they had a game based on it. There's actually an RPG game based on it. I've told the story a long time ago, and I just thought I thought it was an endearing story. Joe unfortunately passed away from cancer, young, semi young, and his son had taken over the project and tried to complete the book series. You know, and this is a very lore driven world that he's built 
And uh, the unfortunate thing with this is, is the publishing rights were just littered across different book publishing companies. So book like 17 through 19 or 17 through 15 or whatever, whatever, it's like 23. They, they were with different places. They're all segmented and these publishers just quit publishing it. So it, it became like people who were into the series who didn't have like book 19 that you, you have to go in the aftermarket and it would just like it became incredibly expensive to find these books and complete your collection which was a real shame because it's, it's they're really good and mm-hmm. the son took over and is working with the original illustrator and they had been continuing the story right and they've been releasing new books up through i think the final book which I th- joe had left notes for his son how he wanted the whole thing to wrap up so he's working with writers and different people and the fans actually he's working with the fans to come up with the 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 a proper f- finale to this 30 book series and uh he actually got the publishing rights back and he's working with the original illustrator and they're releasing now they're calling the definitive editions and books one through three just showed up today in the mail, and they're awesome. Like they, have you ever seen those? Bo- they're hardback. Uh, they come with full color maps. Like the like the later ones that he's been publishing since his father died. They, they're going to match those, but we're going to get one through fucking twenty six or something now that we that hmm. you know. So the books that you couldn't find, there's still like three or four missing from my collection. That like to get them on online, you're going to pay like fucking two hundred dollars for a book, and I'm not going to do it. So they've created a way for me to get all of them now, which is awesome. Just going to have to wait it out till they're published and put out. But what's really cool about it is with Choose Your Own Adventures, like, it's like you read – like with it's like a straight RPG. There's inventory management. There's um, – you know, there is some insta-death situations in some of these books which really piss you off. So, like, as I'm keeping my character sheet and tracking all this shit and going through this crazy world, having my own personalized experience with the, with my, my version of who Lone Wolf is, right, like the main guy, I will jot down the passage that I'm on before I flip the book to the new passage in case it's an insta-death. So what they did with these definitive editions, I just opened the first book to look at it. It has built-in, like, bookmarks. They're, like, little strands of cloth that come out of it. But they gave you two, I think, for that reason, so that you don't get fucked on your decision and you don't want to have to reread the whole book. What mm. a thoughtful little thing that I think that video gamers could appreciate. It's It's probably equivalent to, like, something like auto save right but it's like in the book thing so like i can just go back and i don't have to what 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 passage was it like like 232 was it 236 where was i and then you have to fucking leaf back and try to figure out where the fuck you were and like it's immersion breaking so the fact that they give you the bookmark is awesome you two bookmarks in every book just these little cloth things looks like an old like tome or something that you would find on like a a wizard shelf it has like these fucking dangly bookmarks it's so awesome Anyway, hmm. I'm super stoked on it. But we can talk about video games, Jake. That's what we're here to do today. And uh, what we're playing, I did purchase Grand Theft Auto V for $10. I haven't played the single player at all, but I have got my feet wet into the online um, for next-gen GTA V. And it is really good. And I forgot how fun this game is. Here's the thing. I'm still not fully acclimated to how the mission selection works and I think that in order to get like the doc new Dr. Dre missions and stuff that came out 
I have to amass so much money and buy a certain kind of thing. And then with that, you get introduced to this different lifestyle and then online, you know, and then that Dr. Dre mission opens up, I think. So I'm just kind of like working, doing some online events here and there. Free mode still kind of sucks. But what I will say is they put a they put a feature in Grand Theft Auto Five online. I don't know when it was implemented, but it's in the menu that you can turn on uh, something essentially like like to disallow friendly fire or or to be killed by people in the free mode area. So like they hmm. can't take damage from you and you can't take damage from them. So that's actually awesome. So I just have that on. Interesting. Yeah. So I can I can cruise around now in free mode and uh not have to be worried about getting shot by like people with drones or people on like the jet skis that hover around in the air or, like getting shot by helicopters or by some assholes who just won't leave me be so i can kind of do like the online free mode stuff and then obviously get into missions that way i really like this game and if anybody's listening and you are jumping into grand theft auto 5 online we did make a crew a long time ago it's psta so feel free to join the crew. I'm in there now. I'm the only person I think. I started a motorcycle gang, but I've got no one in my gang. I'm just like <laughs> motorcycle gang I, of one. I'm a lone wolf. Yes. So uh, that's what I am. But it, it and I think it could be really fun to to roll around with some people that listen to the show. I need so. to I need to pick it up because I don't know if you've heard this, mm. and this is really fucking bizarre. They're like, dude, they're doing some really weird shit with pricing in games now yeah. like i don't know if you knew this but uh grand theft auto 5 for ps5 is ten dollars yeah that's right? why i bought it yeah so it's not ten dollars everywhere else it's twenty dollars oh interesting so like if you want to buy grand theft auto 5 on xbox series x it's 20 bucks it's twenty dollars and and i think it's the same on like pc as well so for like the new updated version mm. or whatever um but I'm not positive on this, but I think it's a limited time thing. Like, I think if you don't buy Grand Theft Auto Five on PlayStation 5 right away, it eventually will go up to $20. I think I heard so, that. So, like, I'm I'm probably going to just pick it up just to have it because I do, I do at some point want to go back and replay the campaign of that game mm-hmm. because I was never able to finish it mm-hmm. just because of the way that it glitched on me on PS3. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. That was two consoles ago was the last time I played that. And that game is still one of the best-selling games every single month. Yeah, it came out in 2013. It's like, it's like literally like the ultra-mature Minecraft or something. It's really bizarre. Like, it's really, really crazy. It's really I'm glad good, to see that though. you're playing it and that you like yeah. it. I, I'd like to maybe try the online stuff again. Dude, but you, it's just when we... When we... Uh, sorry. When we... Um, when we played it the last time, it was right after GTA, GTA Online launched, and it was like the fucking Wild West. Yeah. Like, it was insane. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like, I mean, it wasn't even so much the Wild West as it was like the purge. <laughs> it was like everybody was just killing each other. It was insanity. And it just wasn't do, doing it for me because I would be trying to, you know, do the missions and make money so I could buy cars for my my hideout and all this stuff. Yeah. And then people are just running me over all the time yeah. or shooting me when I'm trying to do something that's unrelated to them. Well, what's really cool about so, it is they have a casino that works now there. 
So you can actually gamble your GTA online money and get lucky. And like just, That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I lost a bit there the other night. <laughs> <laughs> but I made some too. So anyway, so I'm doing that. I, I also have not beaten Horizon yet. I just... That game requires an, an an extra amount of time to get into. Like, I feel like it's easier for me to jump into GTA Five Online and do a mission than to get involved in Horizon because I care so much about Horizon, right? Like, I need to set aside yeah. time to do it. Where are you at on Horizon? Are you making so, progress? So, I'm probably right around 25 hours into Horizon. Sure. Um, I kind of decided recently that... I'm probably at some point here soon going to start not straight up mainlining the story, but like Mm -hmm. focusing a little bit more on the story missions Mm -hmm. as long as I'm not getting overwhelmed and have to like, you don't really have to grind in Horizon, but it does help if you take a little bit of time to up, you know, upgrade your character, get more of the skill trees flushed out, get better armor you know upgrade your armor like it makes things a little bit easier get better at the combat because the combat can be challenging if you just like dive into something yeah um i just did the first mission the first time you fight the the big elephant thing mm, i just I did, that did that recently. i did that kind of recently yeah so the bulwark um, and everything yeah so that was that was pretty cool it was real cool um i the one thing Trying to think there's so like, you know, like, again, we won't talk. We won't stick on Horizon because we've talked about it a lot. We need to do a spoiler cast about it. But but I think I I feel like there are just times in the game where I I just need to turn the HUD on to have it on all the time. And I think I've mentioned this before because there are so many times in combat where just like suddenly I have zero health Mm. and like I just don't. Or, like, I'll think that I'm good, and I'll get one hit, and I'm dead. Well, yeah. And it's like, oh, I actually didn't have enough health, but the health bar wasn't on the screen, and the game wasn't giving me that information. So, um, but I do I do love it. I, I, I really do like it. There's just so many games that I want to play right now, and that's what sucks, is that Horizon is such a good game, but there are so many other games that I want to try. Like, my brother picked up... Uh, he ended up picking up Elden Ring. Yeah. So I would like to give that a try at some point. Not, not, I'm never going to probably beat it, but I would be interested in just seeing what the fuss is about. Um, I'm also playing because when I, when I go out on work trips, I don't take my PS5 because I don't want to break it, but I take my little Series S console with me. And uh, I was playing a little bit more of that. Um, whatever the fuck the name of that game is wonder labyrinth or whatever yeah, the hell it is. long title. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really good. You know, I'm still kind of running my way through that game. Um, I still really like it. I do feel like the boss encounters in that game are a little bit weird and inconsistent. Like some bosses seem like they're really hard. Some seem like they're not so hard. It seems like most of them, it's just, a, uh, it's just like the strategy is generally just, spam them with spells and then just avoid all of their attacks, which is fine. I mean, I don't really, I don't, I'm not looking for a challenge out of this game. I just, you know, cause it's a Metroidvania. I just enjoy the experience of playing it, but I also started playing a lot more of that Infernax game. Yeah. The which is that one I was telling you about. What's that? The Castlevania. The Castlevania one. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. 
I, I really recommend that everybody try this game at some point. It, it's like I said in the last, the last episode or the episode before that, it's literally like, like an ode to Castlevania, kind of like Shovel Knight. And it, it's like a Shovel Knight tier game mm-hmm. or Cyber Shadow tier game, but in the vein of Castlevania. It's, it's very good. I, I really do like it. I, I've been playing it. The one thing, and this was always my biggest problem playing Castlevania 2, is I struggle so much hitting the enemy. Because, I don't know if you remember, when you play Cap, not like the fast-paced Castlevanias, like the OG Castlevanias, whenever you'd walk, and you don't walk super fast, but you're walking, and when you would swing, he stops and then swings. So you'd, like in a regular game, you would... You you kind of get used to timing hitting someone on the fly. It's fluid. Whereas like whereas like in this game, you like have to wait until they're in your zone, in your hitbox and then not your hitbox but your strike zone, and then the main character I don't even know if, if he has a name, but he just stops and swings, and it's uh it just takes a little getting used to. But if you're if you're a good at the OG Castlevania games, I think that you would be good at this game. It's it's really cool. I love the atmosphere. It, I love that it has like choice and consequence in it. Like, like you, uh, like there, I just did this side quest in the game where there's these bandits that are, um, they're like robbing all these people outside of town. Mm-hmm. And so someone gives you a tip that if you go to this bridge at nighttime, the, uh, like you can catch the bandit doing its thing or his thing or whatever. <laughs> so, so I go there and the bandit's like trying to rob this old guy on the bridge and the bandit's like, if you go away right now, I'll give you a hundred gold. And so, and then it like pops up with this screen that has like a slash down the middle of it. And on one side, it's like you and the other side, it's the fucking bandit. And you get to choose to like, let him go or fight him. And so, and there are, there are constantly, you know, there are, there are benefits in, in, uh, for, for both of them, because if you let the guy go, you get a hundred gold. But if you, if you say, no, I'm not letting you go and you fight him and you kill him, then the guy that you, and this is, I guess you could call this a minor spoiler, but the guy that you save ends up being like a, a merchant that has a shop at that bridge. Mm. And so he opens a shop there now and you can go buy stuff from him, That's like cool. new armor and stuff. So like, it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty neat. I, I do, I do really want to keep playing it. I, I, it kind of sucks that it's on my Xbox because I like playing with the D pad and the D pad is kind of hard to use on the Xbox controller, mm. but it is on, it is as far as I'm aware, it is on PlayStation and everything too. It so, yeah. um, there's no reason not not to try. I don't know what it costs because I'm playing it on Game Pass, so it doesn't cost me anything. But other than my subscription, but uh, yeah, it's it's fucking cool, That's and so cool. I I really am interested in playing more yeah. of that game. Happy to hear it, man. Yeah, I, I like that. I just every time I think about Castlevania, I don't know. It's probably all the Castlevanias, but when you get hit, the sound is like woo. <laughs> yeah, woo. and you get knocked back. Yeah. And like it's the same. It's exactly the same in this game. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyways, let's get into the news here, Jake. It was kind of a busy week. I combed the news or combed the sites, different sites, mainly Push Square, for news stories that I thought would be relevant. And I don't know if the listeners have heard, but Sony rolled out kind of a last minute, out of nowhere, state of play 
and I believe it was on Thursday, and it was yeah. all about Hogwarts Legacy, which is the Avalanche game. And did you watch it? Yeah, I did. It looks fucking Dude, awesome. It looks so good. Yeah, it, I was Sarah and I watched it before while I was eating my breakfast before we came up to do the podcast. Yeah, and she was like so excited she? because she's she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. I mean. She read all the books as they were coming out when she was growing up and everything. And so um, she has a a big history with with the franchise. And they've never made a Harry Potter game like this before. One where it's like you get to experience the world and the classes and Hogwarts and all the surrounding countryside and all this. I mean, they did have Harry Potter games that were movie tie-ins and some of them were even pretty decent, but they even had like the Lego games and stuff. But uh, this game, like it really does seem like they're trying to create that like authentic experience of creating a wizard and going to Harry Potter or going to Harry Potter, going to <laughs> Hogwarts. Hogwarts as a student. And I think what's really cool about the game is that they're setting it like a hundred years before the events of Harry Potter. So, um, you know, it's, it's like in the world, you've got all the lore and all the legacy, pardon the pun and all that stuff, but you don't have to abide by like the story arcs of the fucking movies. So, it allows them to kind of like make awesome, like unique original side quest content and main story stuff. And they can make your character matter in a way that doesn't like disrupt your opinion of the movies. And, but just like generally everything about it, in my opinion, I mean, you could sit there and you could say, Oh, Hey, some of the animations look a little janky during the cutscenes and stuff, but it's like, if that's the biggest problem with the game, otherwise it looks fucking phenomenal. I don't know if you have any opinions on it. Yeah, I think that I was surprised how much focus they put on being a student at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess that makes sense because it's not Harry Potter. It's Hogwarts Legacy, right? I, I don't know the franchise. I've watched a few of the movies uh, I know my brother was really, really into it growing up, and he's probably more along the line of, of, of your wife's age and maybe even younger. I, I, no, no, she's probably younger than him. But I know he was he was really into it, and he sent me a message, and he just said, Hogwarts Legacy looks fucking amazing. So there's no doubt in my mind that this game is going to sell bonkers. A gazillion. I, I hope it sells a gazillion copies. And that's what you and I were talking the other day at practice about how you know people were saying that they weren't even going to cover this game and all that yeah. stuff because it's tied to J.K. Rowling and you know because of some of the comments she made sure. about you know women and stuff. And it's like I get that like the some of the media main media sites are trying to make this a thing so that they can get more clicks and views and all this stuff. But the point of the matter is, is that this is a Harry Potter game and it looks like a fucking amazing Harry Potter game. So it's going to sell a million gajillion copies. I hope it does regardless of, because well, then if it does what, well, then we're going to get more, right? And they, they'll yeah, actually and, support the game. And, you know, I don't really want to talk about the politics of it, but like, 
I think that it's what you're talking about, like the the cl- uh, focus on the classes and stuff. And I think that's when we say class, we mean like school, not yeah. like not like a weapon class. It's almost or like something. persona or something. Like yeah, but it's Harry Which Potter. I, I, or it's I don't know that they're gonna. I don't know that they're gonna. You know, go as far as do like a, a relationship system like Harry Potter mm-hmm. or like um, Persona. I'm sorry, but I could see them doing something really cool where it's like you go to class and you do these challenges in class and stuff, and that's part of your leveling. Like that's how you level up and get better. Excuse me. At certain spells, how you learn certain things is you have to go to certain classes and. Maybe they give you the option to skip classes if you want. And if you skip them, then you don't learn certain things or whatever. Like, I think that there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for them to, and I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm still kind of coming down from watching the state of play. Cause I watched it right before the show, but it, it just seems, it seems like they have the framework for, the perfect Harry Potter game. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they don't just like fill it with fucking microtransactions or something stupid, or stupid fetch quests like, or stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like if there's now they, yeah, they, they do have one feature that could, could throw a little bit of the Ubisoft stink on it, which is the, like they have like a base building feature. I don't know if you noticed this, but it's like for, they call it the, the requirement house or the, or it's it's something like that, but it's like the whole idea is that you're a fifth year student and you're coming in late, so you have to catch up with all the other students. And one of the ways that they that's how they kind of explain you having this special area where you can you can like customize it yourself to have like a place to make potions or a place to grow plants for whatever or this or that or and you can like. You know, it looks like you can spend resources to like build a little base to kind of customize to the types of things that you want or need for your character build. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally fine with that. I think that actually seems like it could be pretty cool as long as the system isn't too complicated, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be. And that it's not one of these things where it's like, oh, you're going to build a base. Well, here's like here's the stuff that you can do or you can spend like all this real money to buy all these extra things for your base. And in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to microtransactions, I am okay with that because it doesn't affect the game as a whole. You can still do it. You can still play it without having to, you know, pay any real world money. But just the fact that it's like sitting there in front of you is sort of annoying like i wish you could just turn it off yeah the thing with that they got to be careful with is you have to make the in-game currency achievable so that it's not a complete slog to upgrade the base right so like yeah i mean sometimes if it's not balanced then you know even if yeah they're like oh yeah you can earn you know 300 blah 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 to purchase this well sure but in real life that's gonna take me like 20 hours to earn that much to buy this one thing so if they kind of strong arm you into that then that's gonna suck classic mobile game monetization strategy where it's like yeah you can earn the the rubies or whatever if you fucking play the crossword puzzle long enough devote your life but it's gonna take you like literally 20 hours to unlock this you know, chest piece and we don't know where it's like, Oh, if, be, you, yeah. if you spend, spend $5, you can have it right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know that like, this is a big, you know, you have it on the list here. It's, it's a big point of contention right now with Gran Turismo seven. Yeah. 
And to to be fair, like, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because there's no indication that they're putting any microtransactions in this game. It, like based on the state of play, how, 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 like so we're we're kind of those guys said that there's going to be microtransactions. But, but we're kind of we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves on that that front. But it seems like on games like this, you know, you think about Ubisoft, you think about even like one of my favorite games of the last the the newest generation, which is Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Like I love that game, but they're they still shove like. Uh, you know, they have like a marketplace for real money in that game. Mm. And they, and thankfully they don't put it in your face, but it seems like companies are now trying to find ways to put this in every game, well, it's in GTA not 5, just free yeah. to play games, not just, you know, multiplayer games or whatever. It, like even single player games, they're looking for ways to do this. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was there, especially on a game with as big of a, um fan base is harry potter so i uh but that said i am incredibly excited to try this game the 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 state of play said it was coming out holiday of 2022 and the developer has come out and said that they are planning on releasing this year i mean obviously they wouldn't put that in the trailer if they didn't if they didn't believe that but um, I really hope they hit it because that would yeah. be such a cool Christmas game. Like, I think that it would be a great game to play like around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Now for me, it might, you know, there might be a problem or, or a conflict with uh, Starfield at that point, because I'm probably going to play that, but um, we'll have to see. Yeah, Cause I know Sarah, Sarah really wants to play it. So yeah. we're going to probably buy it regardless, unless it comes out and like we find out that it's like, you know, a burning pile of garbage or something like that, which I have a hard time believing. It, it Coming doesn't from look Avalanche, really... I doubt it will be. But the thing is, is that there's two avalanches. So this isn't like the Mad Max avalanche. This is a different avalanche. Which was still really so, good. Av- like but, that, Mad Max. but that doesn't mean... But that doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. So Side note, Mad Max was awesome. Um, back to... <clears throat> and, and again, we're not going to dive into the politics of... Of it's not even politics, just into the moral issues of the J.K. Rowling thing. But I do want to indicate that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make, you know, I, we, you know, you indicated that some places aren't even going to talk about the game. Um, that's their choice. You know, let them do what they want to do. You do you. Uh, I think we're really excited about the game. We'll talk about it. Um, but the other thing is, is like I know that there are some. Uh, some things that were tweeted by JK Rowling that were full of like vitriol and they were evil and they were mean spirited. And, um, you know, but I, I come from the punk rock scene where it's like, you turn shit around. Like, so like my, my opinion is, is like, yeah, that shit sucks that she said, but if we now have a game that could foster an awesome community of people where we can have like-minded people there, um, that are open to all everything and like when we just have like an awesome grounds to build a better community in the gaming world right so to like and and maybe she's getting some money or something you know but i mean like a lot like there's so the we live in a world and i said i'm not gonna get it we live in a world where you can almost not purchase anything without supporting a bad person or a bad cause um and it's unfortunate and and I truly believe that it's very difficult to like 
live in today's world and not contribute to something terrible. I mean, like we all have, most of us have iPhones. Uh, most of us are buying clothing that comes from sweatshops and from, you know, underpaid workers and all that bullshit. So, I mean, I mean, all you gotta do is think about this. You drive a car, right? Sure. That car is probably filled with oil that comes from Saudi Arabia where they literally hang gay people. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I, again, you know, you don't want to get, but it's just, everybody just, you do you. Chill out. That's all. Chill out. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say, but don't try and enforce your opinions on others. Yeah. The game looks cool. Not easy. It's not easy living in the world. Let people enjoy their fucking games. That's all I'm saying. Ah. All right. Grand Turismo 7. We talked about how this is also suffering from some updates that were made. Grand Turismo 7 was review bombed. It was down to two and a half on Metacritic last I checked. And, it's uh, lower than that now. I was just looking at it. I think it's 2.2 now. So the game game was initially really well received, but recent changes to the in-game currency, uh, rightfully so, probably pissed a lot of people off. Um, but now cars in the game are almost uh, near unobtainable for casual players unless they spend real money on the in-game currency to unlock them. And the update also threw the game servers into a coma for about 24 hours, and users couldn't even play the game when the update rolled out. And Polyphony did indicate that they're planning on adding new ways to earn in-game credits to rebalance everything, so it works out. But that hasn't been implemented as of yet. So people get. F- I can't believe Sony. I can't believe Sony let this happen. People get fucking money hungry. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh my god, you have like the best racing thing, and you're gonna. Fuck with the in-game currency shit just to peel a little more off the pie. Like, may I? Dude, want- I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw, but some of these cars are like forty real-world dollars. Yeah, that's insane to buy them. That's insane for a fucking car in a video game. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. insane. That's ridiculous. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, I generally think that Sony does a good job and I think that sometimes people kind of go overboard with some of their criticisms but this is fucking ridiculous they shouldn't like the game they they gotta stop uh like I think Crash Team Racing excuse me Crash Team Racing did this a while back where it was like they released the game to the critics the critics gave it really good scores and then they update it with fucking microtransactions and shit and it's like that stuff should be in the game when it goes to reviewers. Yeah. Because if it's not, then the reviews are not accurate. And part of the onus, I guess, a little bit has to be on the reviewers to put in their reviews that, hey, we've reached out to Sony to see if they're putting microtransactions in the game and they have not commented or they've refused. Or maybe they'll say, yes, we are adding them in after the game launches or whatever. Like they need to try to communicate that to the audience. But at the same time, like I know there's no way to, quote unquote, make it illegal for them to do this. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I'm sure there is a way, but you, I, we wouldn't want to regulate this, the industry like that. But it, like to me, it seems and I don't know if this is what they did with GT7, but like it seems like something similar happened with the game where it went to reviewers they were all super happy with it and then when it got out into the public it like all of these microtransaction things were exposed after it was launched Mm -hmm. not when it was in the review cycle so i don't know i to me it seems 
incredibly fucked up because they're taking advantage of one of the most hardcore fan bases in the world. Yeah, loyal fan base too. Yeah, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I get that you're the top dog, but, you know, Microsoft right now is... They're selling their little Series S console, the one that I bought. They're selling like fucking gangbusters. And all it takes is for one slip up of GT, of Gran Turismo, and for Microsoft to release a banging Forza Motorsport game that's just as good as Gran Turismo. Oh, and it's on Game Pass, so you don't have to pay for it. Oh, and a Series S console is $200 cheaper than a fucking PlayStation 5. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that that Microsoft is going to take the reins from Gran Turismo. I'm just saying that like you got to just respect the audience a little bit more because people will leave. They're treading on very it's thin ice is all. They're just yeah. they're just really taking it to the to a a place that it's going to be hard to reel back in. And the in and, and it'd be one thing to introduce microtransactions, sure. But to change how much the vehicles cost in game with in game currency is another yeah thing. that that's asinine i mean it's one thing if you want to charge forty dollars for a hyper rare vehicle that nobody has and there's some intrinsic i don't want to say intrinsic but there's some like perceived value of that vehicle because it's so rare um that's fine whatever you know you want to have like i don't know senna's F like championship F one car or something like, like that, and it costs forty dollars to buy it or whatever, or you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, don't change the currency in game to make it harder for players to unlock vehicles. Like that to me, that's just like, oh, pe- like it's like it launched and they're like, oh, people aren't buying enough, so let's fucking make it harder for them to. Yeah, we're not <laughs> getting enough shit, and it's cards. like, oh, come on, come on. It's a, it's a kind of a dick move for sure. Well, Jake, as we always do. When new quizzes come out, could you, are you up for a quiz real quick on the Push Square yeah, side? Yeah, I got time. Let's do a Push Square quiz. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita, through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation... 
podcasting and Patreon. P.S. This is awesome. This is uh, issue five. Test your PlayStation general knowledge on the Push Square site. I like Push Square. I like to go to their quizzes and do these with Jake. So let's see. I don't even know how to open the link up. Oh, I got to click here, don't I? All right, here we go. Let's do this, Jake. I hope the listeners enjoy this little part of our thing. I think it's fun. It's it's a little PlayStation lore, visiting the franchise, talking what we like to talk about. First question, Jake. In what year did Sony's first state of play air online? If I had to guess, and maybe you have some input, I would guess 2019 because I think that's the first year that they decided not to do E3. It's either 2019 or 2018. I was going to go 2020. I feel like State of Play is a new thing. Time time yeah, travels but, faster when you're older, though. So, I mean, it could be it could be that they quit going to E3 in 2019, and then they introduced the State of Play initiative in 2020. But I thought that it started before COVID. So, for the listeners, the the answers are 2017, 18, 19, and 20. Let's do 2019. Let's do 2019. Correct. Boom. Hundred percent. Good job, Jake. Very nice. And now we have a picture of uh, a character from Tales of Symphonia. He's got a red jacket on that looks like he's in a marching band. He's got swooping brown hair, a couple swords hanging off his side. They want to know, what's the name of this protagonist? Is it Isaac? I've never played a Tales game in my life. Is it Isaac Bartz, Robin Kells, Lloyd Irving, or Jared Bowen. All fucking terrible names. I would literally I would if I I would literally guess Robin Kells because he's wearing red. Let's do it. <laughs> nope. Lloyd Irving. The one what I a laughed stupid at. Name. So stupidest name I've ever heard. Sorry if you name Lloyd Irving, I'm listening to this. What ancient city does Nathan Drake uncover in Uncharted 2? Is it Lemuria, Atlantis, Shambhala, or Tartarus? Shambhala, right? Yeah, for sure. Boom. Correct. In Dragon Quest Eight, oh God. Journey of the Cursed King, what kind of animal does the hero keep in his jacket pocket? A weasel, a robin, a mouse, or a goliath beetle? Probably a goliath beetle. I mean, why is that? Well, because I'm guessing like he pulls out his pocket and it grows into a goliath beetle. It's probably like a shape-shifting thing. I figured it was probably just like an anime thing where like he's got like a weasel, a weasel in his or a mouse in his fucking jacket. It's called Dragon Quest Eight: Journey of the Cursed King. I'm looking at the image they have here, and I don't see anything in anybody's pockets. You want to go, mouse? Sure. Boom! Correct, Jake. You're killing it. Correct. The mouse is correct. Which of these towns is not in the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion? These questions are getting harder every every quiz. Is it Jadenhall, Solitude, Bruma, or Anvil? It's Solitude. That's in Skyrim. <laughs> Damn, dude. You're going to take this all on your own. What kind of vehicle acts as Sam Fisher's base of operations in Splinter Cell Blacklist? Is it an aeroplane, a space shuttle, a warship, or a truck? I warship. never played Blacklist. I would guess like a maybe a warship. I, I honestly have no idea though. I like the idea of a warship. You would think Blacklist like a, an airplane though. You could like drop into targets. Warship. Maybe, I don't everything know. would have to be. 
probably on the ocean somewhere. I'm going to go aer- aeroplane. What do you think? Warship, warship sounds cooler. What if it's just like a fucking truck? Like, I don't know. What do you, <laughs> you want? guess? I've got I've got some already. You go. All right, I'm gonna go air. I'm gonna be wrong. Airplane. Ah, I'm right. Look at that shit. Nice. All right. Which English actor voiced Gex in the original PlayStation games? Was it Danny Dyer, Charles Dance, Leslie Phillips, or Stephen Fry? I honestly don't know. I bet it's Leslie Phillips. Yeah. Got it. Boom. I, she's it was the only female listed. I'm like that's that's obviously it's going to be here. They're trying to throw us off. All right, Fallout New Vegas was primarily developed by which studio? Bethesda Game Studios, Bioware, Obsidian Entertainment, or Black Isle Studios? Obsidian. Ah, let me click it here. Boom! Good job, Jake. Man, we are killing this quiz. Who is Sly Cooper's main love interest? Sophie, Sophie Furs. Wolfie Malone, Chloe Ratz, or Carmelita Fox? It's Carmelita Fox. Everyone knows that. Yeah, I was going to say. Boom. It's our favorite PlayStation character, according to our last podcast. Our favorite hero is getting a new game, possibly. And you're like, why the fuck would you say it's our favorite hero? <laughs> How many Armored Core games released in the P- on the PS2? Four, seven, nine, or two? Armored Core. Gosh, on the PS2. Armored Core, that was from software before... Demon Souls. I'm going to say four. Sounds like a good guess. I honestly don't know. It's probably either four or two, I'm guessing. Seven. Seven wow. armored core games. Well, folks, we missed that one. I mean, I guess the PS2 went for a, I mean, for a long time into the PS3 generation. So mm. I guess it kind of makes sense. This is actually a tricky one. Uh, you and I both played this game and beat it. I can't remember, though. In Journey, what color are the robes that you unlock after finding all of the scarf pieces? Does your robe turn white, yellow, black, or blue? For some reason, blue is sticking out to me, but... I feel like white. I also wanted to say white, yeah. I, do, I don't know if I got all the scarf pieces when I played I played it one time and never played it again because it was just one of those experiences i'm gonna go white so, go white sure you have a better memory than me though it's probably fucking blue right, i'm gonna go white yeah got it boom nice dude we're killing this quiz which of these horse names is not an option in ghost of tsushima kate Ka- cage or kage nobu raiko excuse me or kaze k-a-z-e i think it's k-a-z-e Oh, my guess. This is uh, question 12 of 15, listeners. I want to say Kage, but I don't remember. I think Kage is on there. I think that's what I named my horse. But the thing is, is like Kage and Kaze sound like so familiar. Like the, So the one of them is not right. I would think so, but I guess I don't I know. I think caught Ka- Ka- Z. There's there aren't really a lot of Z's in Japanese language, is there? What? <laughs> just, just just pick one. I that's honestly, right. I Damn it! So you could name it Kaze or Kage. That's crazy. Hmm. Well, we missed it. What kind of game was the original Fortnite before it became a battle royale title? Was it a co-op survival game, a strategy RPG, a first-person shooter, or an arcade racer? 
it was a uh, co-op survival game. Correct. Good job, Jake. Medal of Honor was briefly revived in 2012 with which PS3 game? I know what this is. Was it Medal of Honor, uh, Honor Mercenary, Medal of Honor Gun for Hire, Medal of Honor Operative, or Medal of Honor Warfighter? This is Warfighter, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I rented this game and played it. Good job. Man, we've only missed two or maybe three. Binary – last question. Binary domain is set in which futuristic city? Is it S- Sal, Tokyo, Berlin, or Paris? Um, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I've never played this game. I'm going Tokyo. You want to do it? Sure, whatever. Boom! Got it. 12 out of 15. Uh, two times which in a row. It, we which sh- ones did we miss? We missed three questions. We missed the Armored Core one. Mm-hmm. We missed the, ca- the... the... No, we did get that one. Um, We should get a job push square, it says. Uh, we missed the Ar- Armored Core, the Ghost of Tsushima... Oh, the- the Tales of Symphonia one. And the Tales of Symphonia question. Good job, though. We killed it. Let's move on to the yeah. next new po- news point. Um, Milan Records are releasing the soundtracks to Returnal, Ghost of Tsushima, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on vinyl. And the vinyl, the vinyl packages look really, really cool. So if you're a record collector, feel free to check them out. M-I-L-A-N Records. It's just the soundtracks. I have some Last of Us vinyl. And I do like it. How often do I listen to it? Never. But I do have it, and it's in my collection, so that's cool. Um, so, yeah, little, little we like to tie in music into the podcast when we can. It's a nice little tidbit of uh, news there. So, on top of that, the next game to hop on the big screen adaptation list is A Plague Tale Innocence. The game's sequel, A Plague Tale Requiem, is still scheduled for a release on PS5 this year. So, what's your opinion of this, Jake? Plague Tale is, it, well, yeah, for the listeners, right? It's the one with the rats. They take over. There's, did you there's... did you play this game? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about it quite a bit on the show. So, there's a bunch of rats. They're carrying like a, a disease. It's based way back in the day. The the aesthetic, the, the time period. We discussed on the show, Jake, about how the time period isn't really visited very often in video games. And that was really part of uh, the setting was really interesting. And uh, the stealth mechanics of the game were pretty cool. Um, it's about a sister and her and her brother, and uh, it turns out that the the brother spoiler for a game that's really really old has some superpowers, and uh, it's really cool. Um, I I think it can make a good TV adaptation, but I don't understand still why Hollywood just can't come up with their own fucking stories. To be in all fairness, I will say this. I think that if you compare it to a lot of the other franchises that are getting, um, you know, big screen adaptations to them or whatever, I think that A Plague Tale Innocence seems like one of the ones that's the most likely to adapt easily to the big screen. 100%. Just, just in the way that the story is told and the way that the gameplay works. Um, it seems like it would lend itself very easily to like a live action movie format. Um, it's a very concise story. There's not all these branching paths. It's not open world. Realistic or anything setting. Like that. 
realistic setting. Um, like you said, with some slight supernatural component to it, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't honestly, I honestly don't really have a problem with this. I think that they could, they could make it, they could make it really, really interesting. Uh, the rat mechanic will be, it'll be kind of weird how they, interesting how they handle that. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it should be okay. I, I, I this, this is one of the this is one of the few where I'm like, oh, this is fine. You know, it's, it's not like uh, what am I thinking of? You know, like God of War or something like that, where it's like, it's you know, how so are they going to adapt this? Yeah, right. Or like, uh, what's what's the other one? Um, Last of Us. Uh, no, Charted was pretty wild. No, the uh, Twisted Metal. Oh yeah. It's like it's like how how do they make a fucking twisted metal show? Mm-hmm. I mean, where twisted metal is one of those things, I guess, where it's like the, there is there's so little story in twisted metal that they could just kind of make whatever they want, which is interesting. Just take the name in its yeah. own, but yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I have to say, really. Yeah, I think I think it's like you said, it'll be probably one of the easier ones to pull off and not piss many people off, but. And I think it'll be fine, like you said, but I just don't understand why all of a sudden, you know, Hollywood is like really, really biting off a lot of video game stuff. And it's just kind of weird. It is what it Sonic is. Sonic did well. It's probably because Sonic did well. Yeah, maybe. And Uncharted clearly did really well just recently. And I, someone must know something about the Last of Us TV series that they're doing. And, you know, someone probably knows that that's going to probably go over really well. But. Speaking of video game adaptations, Jake, and I forgot this was a thing, but uh, the Resident Evil TV series is going to be debuting on Netflix in July, and it's going to be a completely original story set in the Resident Evil universe, which I'm actually okay hmm. with, as long as it's done okay. I guess that new Resident Evil movie that came out kind of was, was sh- shitty, from what I understand, from the reviews and stuff, but I um, I think a, a Netflix... Uh, Series might be kind of interesting, actually, if they do it right. Did you say it was live action? I believe it is. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I think it is. You could look it up. I don't know. But huh. but yeah, it, it's all I know is that it's a, it's a TV series. Um. So yeah, there's that. And then real quick. This was exciting for me, and I didn't realize that this was even happening, or if I had heard about it, I had completely forgot about it. A new title from Supermassive Games titled The Quarry, Quarry, however you want to say that, it's a hard word for me to pronounce, um, sees the studio returning to its winning formula. So a trailer for the new title was shown on Thursday, and I got to say, Jake, it looks great. Um, Hmm. But what's even better is the game is coming out June 10th, which is right around the fucking corner. Two months. And uh, I love it when video game developers decide to do this in publishers. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to tease something. And then it's like, oh, like a week later, here's a trailer. Oh, the game's coming out in two fucking months. That is the way it should be done, folks. Like, I don't want to sit. I don't have the bandwidth in my brain to think about the next upcoming blah, 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 blah game for the, you know, for two years like that star wars game they announced at the thing that won't come out till probably 2025 like why are you even saying anything employees yeah yeah why are you even saying anything like just keep it mum 
But this is the way to do it. So the gist of this game is it's based in upstate New York, which is close to home here, kind of, which is exciting. Um, the woods might look familiar to us a little bit. But it's uh, it's a group of kids and maybe some other information. They're, they're at some sort of... Uh, it looks like a campsite, but it looks more like a cabin that they've rented out or something. And they were supposed to be gone. But then for whatever reason, they have to stay one more night. And that is when shit breaks loose. And it's going to be a scary kind of game. And I can't fucking wait. If I I might be mistaken, but I think they're, uh, Supermassive does a really good job at their mocap studios and their voice acting. And their acting is just fantastic in their, in their previous games. I believe, I'm not certain, I want to look this up, but I'm going to say it and then I'm going to confirm here in a second. Gary Sinise is in it. Um, hmm. And he was Cat- Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. He also, I believe, was the director of of Mice and Men, or maybe he was in it. He's, he was definitely in it. I don't know if he directed it or not. I think he might have been involved. And he's like really good friends with Tom Hanks. I know that. Yeah. Um, Gary Sinise, The Quarry, I believe. Uh, let me see. Maybe he's not. For some reason, I thought Gary Sinise was in The Quarry. Who's the main actor? Who's the guy in The Quarry? Hold on. The Quarry video game actors. Um, it's David Arquette. Sorry, I got my people oh, confused. He's the guy from Scream, so that's that's where I got my I got my uh, my bars crossed here. Um, we just watched the new Scream movie here recently, and I was like, that guy looks super familiar. And I was like, that's Gary Sinise, isn't it? And for some reason, I thought it was Gary Sinise. It's David Arquette is the it's guy. In that. Weird, weird two actors to mix up. Yeah, they both kind of have the same face to me in a way. Like older David Arquette kind of looks like a younger Gary Sinise to me. Anyways, I misspoke. Um, it is David Arquette. Dewey from Scream, which is even more cool because it's like a horror horror game. So I'm into it. Um, so yeah, yeah. Check out the trailer. It looks good. Are you? This isn't a game you would probably buy, Jake. I loved Until Dawn. Yeah, no, I loved Until Dawn too. I um, or as well. There's no Until Dawn too, but I, I don't know. I just haven't. I kind of fell off of the whole, you know, Telltale style games. I don't know yeah. what it is. I think it's just. Maybe if maybe if I get back into them, I'd be really interested again. It's just it's hard for me to commit to playing them because it's like I have to be like, okay, I'm gonna just do this from start to finish. Mm. I can't just like start playing it, do a little here, do a little there, do a little here, do a little there until I'm done with it. Like I need to like like every time I sit down, do an episode or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or or at least try to get to some kind of a checkpoint where I'm not like losing the story in between play sessions. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm so excited about this. This is something I'll probably pick up over Hogwarts Legacy, believe it or not. It's just more of my wheelhouse. Scary kind of game. But finally, and this kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't realize that this was coming so soon. This might give me a reason to plug the old VR headset in because I had bought Detached and I never played it. (laughs) I got it on sale. But Moss Book 2 is coming out at the end of the month 
I loved the first Moss. It was so good. It was endearing. The levels were awesome. Such a cool experience. So, yeah, I mean, it looks great. And I think I'm going to have to do this. I, I, I'm i invested in the franchise. Like, I think it's good. Are we going to see it on VR, too? I couldn't tell you. It's weird that they're releasing. I mean, they, they know they probably have to shit or get off the pot at this point. Because Sony's probably like, hey, just so you guys know, we're going to release the VR, too, in the middle of the year or something. They're probably saying some shit to the developer. And they're like, well... Our shit's not compatible with that. And they're like, well, you better just fucking release it now, you know, without any buildup. Because there's there's been very little buildup for this game. It's probably ready, pretty much. It's got to be ready. But there wasn't much promotion for it. And then it just shows up out of nowhere. Moss Book 2. So. Yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty weird that they just kind of drop, they're like dropping it. Um, especially because the first Moss did so well. It does kind of suck that it's caught in this like limbo mm-hmm. where the new PSVR will likely come out sometime early next year. And so I don't know. I, I just hope that there is like a, you know, we'll call it like a next gen port of it or whatever when the new VR unit comes out. Cause I can tell you right now, there's no fucking way I'm hooking up my VR headset. So, um, I but if if it is available to play and I do get the new VR, then I would definitely love to check it out because I've heard nothing but good things about the first Moss. It's so. really really good, and this is a polyarch game, and uh, you play as Quill, a mouse, and you go on this crazy journey, and it's uh it's really fun, and it's it's mm-hmm. never so challenging that like you want to like quit or you get frustrated, but the, some of the battles are really fun. Um, a lot of puzzle solving, platforming, done very, for the first Moss, it was done very tactfully. It was done in such a way that it was like, wow, this is a great experience. This is a great game. So I'm real excited for part two. Nice. Quill is going to get a hammer, apparently, instead of just the sword. So is it supposed to be a continuation of the story from the first one? Yeah. Or Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's part two. So I I would hope that for VR2, maybe they do a re-release and they give you Moss Book 1 and Book 2. That would be cool. That would be a smart play. That would be dope. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into the new games, Jake. That was pretty much the news that happened recently. March 14th, very, very valet on PS5. March 15th, GTA 5 PS5. And then the Phantom Breaker Omnia came out. March 16th, The Moose Man on PS5, The Wanderer, Frankenstein's Creature on PS4, Wife Quest, which is a weird fucking title of a game, PS5, PS4, March 17th, Anno. Yeah, what? what? Sorry, I got to stop you right yeah. there. Wife Quest? That's what it's called. That seems like, I'm not saying that it is, you know. Well, now we have to look at it. A uh, misogynistic game or anything like that. But it's like like the name is just begging for bad press. It's on Steam. <laughs> it's a humorous. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way it's. Uh, yeah, it's probably is misogynistic. Um, it says in humorous and often naughty action platformer wife quest you'll take the role of charismatic former warrior mia as she sets off to battle the seductive monster girls who keep kidnapping her beloved husband interesting (laughs) i mean it's it sounds fine but why did they call it wife quest yeah that's a terrible title yeah they should call it like saving ferdinand i think what they said yeah or whatever yeah ferdinand 
Rescue Ferdinand's rescue. Anyways, March seventeenth, Anno uh, Mutationum, PS five, PS four, Persona four, Arena Ultimax on PS four, and then March eighteenth, we're getting Burger Break on PS five, Curious Expedition two, Donut Break on PS five, and Hundred Days on PS five, PS four. So what do you think? Well, there's all those other games below that on the next page. Oh, God. Yeah, there are. Kowloon High School on PS4. Royal Frontier, PS5, PS4. God, so many games. St. Patrick's Day Break 2, Head to Head, PS4. Sleeping Guy 2 on PS5. Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, PS5, PS4. We talked about that last episode. It was on the State of Play. Trivial Pursuit Live 2, right up my alley, PS4. And then Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus? PS4. First of all, video games take a lot of fucking time and resources. Why would you put so much effort into a game and then title it "Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus?" Question mark. You couldn't come up with anything better. I don't know. Maybe they thought that they like that it being kind of a quirky title would draw people in. I don't know, but there's like. I've only heard of like three. There's like fucking twenty games on this list. I've only heard of like three of them: Grand Theft Auto Five, obviously, um, Persona Four Arena Ultimax, and Stranger of Paradise. Those are the only three three games. I mean, obviously, Trivial Pursuit Live, whatever that doesn't count. Um, But like the rest of these games, it's like, what the fuck are these? And they're all coming out, and this they all came out this past week. How many of these games are even going to sell any copies? I have no idea. Well, here's what's interesting. It's just kind of weird. So with a title like that, I had no idea what the game was going to be about, right? And I went to a, a video game review I just found here called underflickeringmyth.com for this game. Not a lot of people are talking about the game, but it says, Wales Interactive's latest FMV thriller romp is certainly a mild improvement upon most of their recent efforts, namely Nightbook and Bloodshore. Yet despite the greater thought that's been put into its execution, it's still a wildly uneven effort. So, I don't... I don't understand it. Uncle Marcus... It's an, FM, it's an FMV game, that's weird. Full motion video, yeah. It's That's what that stands for, right? Yeah. So it's like real actors. But it's... So it's weird. It's really bizarre. It's got... Low production value, the cons. They gave it a 5 out of 10. The amusingly... Some of these games, like, I just want to Google and just see what the hell is this thing that that we're we're saying on the show. Anyways, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it, but there you go. That's what it is. Well, Jake, that about concludes it for episode... 214 of PS this is awesome. It's been You know this coming this coming week we're getting on the 25th we're getting both Tokyo Ghostwire Tokyo and Tiny Tiny Tina's Wonderlands on the same day. Did you did you try so, to play that free game we got recently? No, I didn't, but I've been out of town so I haven't really had an opportunity to even look at it. What the it, hell was it but, called? Uh, the Ghostwire Tokyo something. Oh, you're talking about the intro to it. No, I'm talking about the other game, Ghost Runner or something. We got that that PS oh, Plus. Oh no, game. I haven't. I have not. I have not tried that. No, man, I really want to try. But I've heard it's really good. I downloaded. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. All right. Sorry, that was a side. That was a sidebar. We went a little side quest there, Jake. You and I. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, we got some games coming out. You getting Ghostwire Tokyo or no? I'm not doing shit until I'm done with Horizon. Yeah. So Same I am curious to see how well it does. And if it looks like it's it's yeah. a respectable game, I would like to try it. But I'm not going to go out there and it's not a game I'm going to certainly not going to buy blind. Yeah. I'm actually I'm honestly a little bit more interested in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, to be honest with you. But um, we'll have to see because I like I'd be interested in playing GTA five again. I really do want to play. I keep forgetting I have um, Cyberpunk installed on my PS5. And we still got to do Mass Effect 2. And we still got to do Mass Effect 2. So there's a lot. And all these games are like fucking really long. So I don't know. Dude, the open we'll world games all come at the same time. I've been saying that for years. Yeah, it's annoying. All right. So anyways, thanks to the listeners for embarking on this joy, uh, joyous vernage, uh, joyous voyage that's really tough to say too with us today on the episode and uh we'll be back next week want you guys all have a nice freaking week and uh hopefully nice weather is is uh abound in your areas your respective areas jake and i are supposed to get a little bit of snow here today i don't think it's gonna happen it's gonna be like a wintry mix yeah thanks again for tuning in the podcast it means the world to us no music at the end of this show and I don't have any other closing thoughts. Jake, you're good? I'm good. All right. So like Valkyria Chronicles, Vader Immortal, and Village. P.S. P.S. This is this awesome. Is awesome.